Hi everybody, I'm Ethan Hardy. Welcome to TKD StarCast. I'm really excited. For episode four, we'll be chatting with Paige McPherson. She's a minus 67 kilogram fighter, highest rank achieved, world number four, Olympic medalist, two-time world medalist, four-time Pan Am champion, and Grand Prix champion. Paige, thanks so much for being on StarCast. Hello, thank you for having me. This is really awesome, especially because you're part Filipino like me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite treat? What's my favorite treat? Ooh, we're going straight to the food questions. I like this already. Um, my favorite treat, I would say, health unhealthy, though, is a Snickers. I really yeah. like Snickers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you like like a uh, leche flan, ube, bibinka? Oh, you mean Filipino food? Like oh. anything? Yeah. You know what? So I was adopted, so I have never really had Filipino food. Oh, that's I know, I know, I'm so bad. But hopefully, one of these days, um, I'll get to go travel to the Philippines and actually try everything. But I have had um, lumpia. That's pretty that's good. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite meal before a competition? And meal before a competition, I always try to stick uh, to my schedule and my regimen. So I usually have, I know it sounds so boring, but I have a salad, you know, a, a chicken breast, just something very healthy to get me ready for the next day. Yeah. What made you start Taekwondo? What, what age did I start? Uh, like... Yes, and uh, what made you start? Like what made what made me start Taekwondo? So when I started Taekwondo, uh, I was well. There's 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 a backup uh, story behind this. I started Taekwondo when I was five, and the reason was is because my older brother he happens to be half or part uh, Korean, and when he started Taekwondo because my parents wanted to put him into a Korean sport. I was the younger sister who had to do everything he did, so I started. But I was a little too energetic, and so I was actually kicked out. <laughs> Wait, what? So, yeah, I was told to come back at an older age, so I officially started Taekwondo when I was seven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was that kid. <laughs> So you have a really interesting family background. Could you maybe share some of that history? Yeah, yeah. So I am a I am part of the Rainbow family. That's what they like to call us because there's a total of five of us that were adopted from around the world. So like I was telling you before, one of my older brothers, he's Korean. Um, my older two of my older siblings, they're part Native American. Oh. I'm Filipino, half Filipino. <laughs> and then my younger sister is from St. Lucia, the Caribbeans. So we have all these different types of ethnicities and cultural backgrounds. So uh, we also are from the Midwest, where it's not necessarily so colorful. So uh, when we were always walking around, they knew who we were. We were the McPherson clan, the Rainbow family. That's what mm. they call us. Yeah. Cool. When you're not traveling for competitions, where do you spend most of your time training? 
When I, I train and live in Miami, I'm part of the peak performance uh, program. Um, my uh, high, high coach, head coach is Juan Moreno. He himself is a three-time Olympian, two-time silver medalist. Um, there's been a lot of athletes, not just from the U.S., but from other countries that have been successful through this program. So I'm always training here full-time if I can. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. And it's warm here, nice yeah. weather, so I, I can't complain, right? Yeah. <laughs> How did you work up to be at your top level? How did it work out? So, oof. Well, it's always been a balance, I would say. I, I usually work and train maybe six to five times a week, twice a day. Sunday's my day off, of course. And then um, I've been very fortunate to have a family that's been supported me throughout my career this will if I make it to Tokyo it will be my third my third Olympics so over yeah. you know 10 years of, of training full-time and I've always had the support of my family but I would always say the reason why I'm most successful is I have to give it to the big guy up, upstairs God who's been my strength and my guide throughout this entire journey of Taekwondo and has helped me become successful so yeah did you train differently from when you first started and how was your style changed I did actually so I'm originally from Sturgis South Dakota a very very small town um I taekwondo was more of a hobby for me so I would say maybe I would, I would go to taekwondo practice maybe two or three times a week. Um, I wasn't very in shape at that time. So I still remember when I f went to my first ID camp, if you'd like to say it, um, I was <laughs> probably the worst person in shape in that, in that group of athletes. You know, I, I didn't really run a lot. I didn't really train full time like a professional. And so, um, I really understand the benefits of not just having a God-given talent, but also having the uh, mentality and drive to put in the work. There's no substitution for hard work, no matter how talented you are in any in anything, whether it's in school, you know, in your sport, or just anything in life, you have to put in uh, the work and the grind. And so um, I definitely have a different work ethic since I've moved to Miami. Wow. Yeah. Who was your idol when you were a kid? Who was, who was my idol? Ooh. Well, I always looked up to uh, uh, Nia Abdallah. She was herself a silver medalist. And uh, before that, I had a very, um, I really liked uh, like Aaron Cook. I liked to watch him. I liked uh, Maria Espinosa, oh. Wu, um, all those uh, big names up there. But honestly, I, I, when I was younger, I never really looked up to somebody. I always looked at somebody so when I say that as I say I look at the people that I train that train around me um they inspired me the most and I think that's the reason why I've come so far is because I understand and I respect a lot of athletes 
who are in the same, you know, same school, same grind, same situation. And whether they're more successful than me or not, they still give it their 100%. Um, and so I always looked around in the room and that's where, uh, who gave me my most inspiration. Yeah. Is there a special person who helped you succeed? A special person? Uh, I would say a special person. Of course, you know, I have to give it to um, Coach Moreno um, because he believed me, um, believed in me more than sometimes I believed in myself. I remember after my very first Olympics, I thought I was going to be done. I wanted to be done with Taekwondo and look at now, you know, he believed that I could possibly make three Olympics and here I am <laughs> trying to make my third Olympics, God willing. Um, and so he was always another person that I think really helped me. But again, I have to bring it down again to my parents, my dad, my, my mother, they saw, you know, the ugly part of me as well when I wasn't so successful. Um, they were always there picking me up when I wanted to sit down or, or, or do give a tantrum or something like that. They were always there in my corner and they still are, you know, if you ever see sometimes, uh, in when the camera at the world, uh, championships or Pan Am games, they'll always kind of steer it towards the crowd Generally, they kind of have, over the years, they've kind of figured out who my parents are. And so whenever I have been fighting, they always kind of, you know, video my parents. And I think that shows, you know, how much they've always been in my corner yeah. to where they themselves are a little bit known in this sport yeah. for always coming to these tournaments and supporting me. So I have to give it to my parents and coach. <laughs> How do you get over your nerves? So the trick is, is that you never and you'll never get over your nerves. <laughs> you have to understand that it's part of the game. It's part of the process. Um, I think that nerves are, are a good thing because when you're nervous, it means that you care, that you want to do good. And so it helps you differentiate from training and practice to an actual event, right? We don't get nervous when we train, but when we get into a competition where something's important, we get nervous. So it's a good sign and indication that you're, that you want this, that you want to win, that you want to do well. Um, I think though, sometimes nerves can get the better of us. And one of the tricks is, is to embrace it. I think um, in sports, sometimes, you know, it's it's cool to say, oh, I'm, I don't get nervous. It's cool to not be nervous. But you want to have those nerves. You want to just embrace it, understand that it's important to you, and and just go out there, have some fun, and, and see where you're at, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite accomplishment? My favorite accomplishment? Um, so... I would say my favorite accomplishment, honestly, was last year. Of course, uh, the Olympics was a very big deal to, to go and represent something greater than yourself. But I've always wanted to be a champion, an international world 
champion. I've, I've, like you said, I I've medaled at the Olympics. I've medaled at a world championships twice. I've, you know, I've won several Pan Am titles, but I've always wanted to be on top of the podium in an international, very important, very high caliber event. And last year, God is good. I was able to make that, that check mark in my bucket list, you know, through, I finally, um, the reigning Olympic champion. Um, I beat the girl that had won the previous Grand Prix. And, you know, I proved to myself and to the world that, you know, the little person, <laughs> the little person can get to the top as well. So um, winning the Grand Prix last year was a huge um, uh, success and deal for me. Yeah. So that's my favorite for now. <laughs> Do you have a routine before a tournament? I do have a routine. I think it's very important to have a routine because that helps you get comfortable. Um, so my routine is I always braid my hair. I always French braid my hair for competition. Um, it's, it's so funny because it's kind of like a, a little like uh, preparing for war type routine for me. You know, I braid my hair. And um, I do put, it's so funny, I put uh, eyeliner on, right? So it's like my war paint, my war makeup, you know, get ready for battle. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I always uh, read uh, a, a scripture right before I head on. And I take my little, I always say my walk with God. I, I go, you know, into a quiet place and I, you know, I just say, hey, listen, I've prepared, I've done everything that I can, God, and um, whatever happens, it, it, it is your will. And I let me be able to have the ego, you know, to humble myself if I lose. Um, and also, you know, be uh, grateful for the win. So whatever happens, that I'm that I'll be at peace with whatever um, is the result after I fight. So those are my routines generally. Yeah. Oh, and oh, and I also always, <laughs> I always eat M and M's before I go out into the ring. So it's a little burst of energy, right? So <laughs> it's so funny because all my coaches, you know, in their pockets, they're holding like my my mouth guard or my hand gloves or something like that, and they're like, "Oh wait, wait, here's your M and M's." I'm like, "Okay, thank you." Then I walk out <laughs> and I go. <laughs> How do you handle injuries? How do I handle injuries? I try to make it uh, not as big of a deal as it is. So this year has been very challenging because this is the first year in my career where I've technically pretty much been injured the whole year. <laughs> um, the beginning of the year, I had a really, really bad ankle sprain to where it was that I had to make a decision of either being out for six months or uh, seven, eight months and for having surgery or to do PT and this just tape it up and see how it goes, right? So I was out for four months right before um, the Pan Am Games qualification. I decided not to have surgery and I've been taping my ankle this entire year, every training, every competition, any type of form of exercise. I've been going to PT maybe two, three times a week for a very long time. Um, although it, 
it is a an injury that a lot of people maybe stop their sport or kind of take a step back. I just have tried to, you know, just make it not as big of a deal as it really should be. Um, so with every injury, of course, I take the, the time to make sure that I, you know, do the rehab, that I rest, that I, that I ice, even though I don't like to ice. I, I really don't like ice, <laughs> but I do all the things, the routines to make sure that it's okay enough to, to compete, but I still have my ankle problem. Um, I've had a knee problem. I've had a hip problem. I had a quad, a quad problem. But at the end of the day, you know, this is what comes, it's, it's the territory of sports, right? All athletes will always have to have some type of injury. So just I I find it like if you're not injured then you're not doing something right you know what I mean like if it's it's good to be in a weird way banged up and bruised because at least you know that you're trying to give it your all so that's what I that's what I say to myself what was your hardest obstacle and how did you overcome it my hardest obstacle um I think for me right now the hardest obstacle is myself right I have so many people in my ear um there's a lot of people that have their own opinions about what I should be doing in my career um if I should be done if I if I should continue etc everybody's opinions um and and I would say their opinions are kind of strong but I'm my own I am my own worst critic Right. So I definitely like to be a perfectionist. I like to have things my way. And as of this year, you know, when I was injured, that was not definitely something I wanted happen to me. Right. And that happened and I got mad or just frustrated, I should say, not mad, but frustrated that like, why is this happening to me? Um, and so maybe I would put myself uh, put more pressure on myself and try to keep myself to a higher expectation. But towards the end of the year, I've just kind of learned that again, one, this is the sports life Two, There are some things that are in your control. Not all, not everything is in your control. And three, um, trusting in God's plan, whether you may understand it now or later, but to just relax a little bit right relax enjoy the moments because when we're so focused on the negative we never truly appreciate what we're doing right now so for example this year I've been to Tokyo and it was it's one of the destinations that I've always wanted to go right but the entire time during that um, competition I was so focused on, you know, okay, I have to do this. I have to perform better. I have to um, get more points, etc. that I wasn't really appreciating what was right in front of me, right? And so I think that once I kind of let go and just trust in God's process, that I've always done so much better successful wise instead of trying to take control. So my hardest thing this year, I would say again, is to relax and trust in God's plan. Yeah. What do you do in your free time to relax? 
what do I do in my free time to relax? I sleep. <laughs> That's exactly the best way I can relax. Um, but yeah, honestly, nowadays, it's just been training, uh, PT, and then my bed, <laughs> taking a nap in between. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll do, I'll watch Netflix or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm not very adventurous at, in, in the moment. I just kind of stick to the routine. And then once I'm done with this final competition, then I'll, I'll get to go home and have some fun and see some family and friends. Yeah. What about music? What do you like listening to? Music. I like, you know, I like all genres. I really do. So anything that has a really good beat, I'm, I'm into. Um, but yeah, I listen to music all the time. It's something that I don't think I could live without, especially in sports, because I run with it. I train with it. Um, but the, the interesting thing is, is I don't listen to music on competition day. I don't. I, I try to stay in peace, in the zone. Um, with music, sometimes it, it gets me hyped up, right? So when I'm in the, in the ring, I'm over excited, right? And I can't calm down and listen to my coach or anything like that. So I've always had in my routine no music where I'm calm, collected, and then when I go out there, I, I kick butt. <laughs> Besides competing in Taekwondo, what are your other dreams? My other dreams? Ooh, I like this question. You know, I have a lot of things that I like. I love to cook. That is my one of my other passions. But, I mean, everybody says that in, in a weight-cutting sport, right? They, they love food. But, no, I, I really do like to, to cook. And um, I would love eventually to own my own little coffee shop or something like that. Um, I come from a family that are a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners. And so I've always thought of myself to eventually end up doing something for myself. Um, I mean, I, I do love Taekwondo. Uh, I've always thought about working the administrative side, um, just because I think there's a lot of, um, areas within our organization or any organization that doesn't really understand what athletes truly need, um, to better themselves in the sport and just to calm them before competition. Um, so I think a lot of people take athletes for granted, but really we do a lot. Um, we are very strong because there are so many situations where maybe the normal person couldn't handle it and the athlete had to, right. They had to find a way. And so if I was able to be a part of a team to help them make, make their lives easier, I think we'd have a lot more success. Yes. So those are the things I think. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know yet. <laughs> what advice would you give to young athletes? Give young, to young athletes? Yeah. Ooh, I should. I think you should always have fun first. Yeah. Once you stop having fun, you it's going to get a lot harder. Trust me, especially with all the politics, with all of the competitions, with all of the financial burdens. Sometimes, if you're not having fun, it it, it brings the question to, is this really your passion? And it, 
And are you willing to push through those hard times when sometimes it's, it's not so pleasant, right? So I think as a young athlete, you should always enjoy the sport, make a lot of friends, make a lot of friends, because eventually, once you get to the top, it's so true, you become more and more alone. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just maybe a different journey. Because sometimes some people, you know, they stop. Some people they'll move on to a coach, etc. So I think it's very important to build those connections to where, when you get to the professional level, you'll still have a whole bunch of people that you know. Um, but at the same time, I think as a young person, once you uh, find something that you like, I think you should go for it. Don't be shy. Don't be nervous. Just go for it. You have nothing to lose because you have your whole future again to figure it out eventually what you truly want to do, etc. So if you really like something right now, go ahead, try it out. Even if you maybe may fall or, or, or lose or fail the way they like to say it, it's a learning process. It will only get you, it will only make you a strong person in the end. Um, again, I wouldn't be the person who I am if it wasn't for those times where I had to, had to lose or I had to fall on my butt and have to pick myself back up, you know, when I didn't want to, it's really made me the, a stronger person and individual. And finally, I think you should work hard, work hard for your, uh, passion and try to not cheat. <laughs> because for example when when your coach says 10 sets do 10 sets because it's not going to hurt the coach it's going to hurt you right so if you have that mentality of doing you know subpar you're never going to become something successful when you are in those positions where you could allow yourself to cheat but if you allow yourself and discipline yourself those moments when are most important you end up overcoming because you already already did it in practice right yeah so have fun work hard go for it and don't cheat that's what i would say <laughs> what advice would you give to parents to parents Ooh. <laughs> we never get these questions this is good questioning i say the parents just from my personal experience um it depends on what role they are. So I know a lot of parents are also coaches towards the athletes, but I would say advice to to parents that are not the coach to their to their uh, child is to, you know, hard hard as it is to be the parent. Don't try to be the coach. They have the coach already that knows exactly what they're doing and and knows what's best for their child sports wise and as for a parent I think it's very very important to just support them to be there in the corner when they you know fall down to pick themselves up to talk to them to um just love them and you know to hold them accountable right so my parents I think are the perfect example and throughout these entire years of of training, they've always supported me positively, even when. Uh, let me. I'm, I'll give you an example. Even when I lost the Olympics in 2016, I went there and don't. 
the entire time I was training as hard as I could. I trained so hard. I think I trained harder than anybody I, I could think of, right? To get ready for this, this gold medal. I wanted the gold um, at the Olympics so much. And then as soon as I got there, I lost my very first match. And I was so devastated, devastated. And, you know, my coach gave me some words and was sad for me, but my parents, you know, they just gave me a big hug. Um, they, they said, hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're an Olympian. Um, you've made it this far. And it happens to all of us. You know, at first I thought I, w I wanted them to be, to be as upset as I was. But, you know, I really needed that big hug and that big support um, to just be my parents. Because, you know, my coach already, <laughs> when I lost, you know, he and I went through everything like, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. Oh, you, why didn't you do this? You know, I already have somebody to kind of critique with. Um, but at that moment, I just really needed my parents to just give me a big hug, you know, and that really helped me uh, push forward for the next four years. And so even in, in a weird way, because of that situation, I had a better successful year the following years after Rio, right? So uh, my encouragement is for parents is to always be supportive, always be in the parent role, never try to be a coach. Uh, they already have a coach, but at the same time, I think it's very important important to hold your your kids accountable and to help them that way um and so that's what i would say yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for being on starcast page yeah, thank you for having me you have really good questions thanks yeah you have really good answers good thank you <laughs> i really appreciate you making all the time and I know our listeners enjoyed in hearing your story and advice. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. I'm Ethan Hardy, signing out with the StarCast. have a hidden talent i don't i don't think no <laughs> do you uh no not that i could think of yeah i don't think so oh well uh i have one thing oh, wow nice <laughs> i yeah. can't i can't <laughs> um what who's your favorite superhero who's my favorite superhero Wonder Woman. Yeah. Who do you prefer, Aquaman or Aqu Aquaman or Spider Man? Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. I love the movie too. It was really good. Did you see it? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Who do you prefer, Iron Man or Captain America? Ooh, Iron Man. <laughs> I like his style. <laughs> 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 I think it also would be cool to, to fly and stuff and have all the gadgets and stuff. So. Yeah.
why she fosters out of your hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what superpower would you rather have? Super speed, super strength, or flight? Hmm. I think flight. I'd like to fly. It would be nice if you could just like, fly anywhere. Travel. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't need a car or anything. Waste wouldn't money. need to pay yeah. for an airplane or anything. Exactly. I'll just fly. <laughs> So Sturgis, South Dakota, it is known for its motorcycle rallies. Wow. Yeah. So whenever I I grew up, um, every year we'd have, you know, uh, it's usually like a very small town, but one come once a year, there's over like 50,000 people in this yeah. small town. Yeah. And they're all bikers. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I... Oh it's like a tradition too. My my parents um, would have us uh, sometimes work the rallies. So what we would do is we'd either be like bussers at a restaurant or work at a t-shirt shop, you know. And I think one of the one of the life one of my life lessons was learned during one of the motorcycle rallies. And it was once you commit yourself to something is to never uh, quit it, right? So I was a busser and it sucked because I had, I was at a like breakfast diner. So after, you know, five, six hours, I'd have like jelly and syrup all over, you know, because you're cleaning up the, the tables. You have these bikers, you know, in a rush, in a hurry, and it's just constant chaos, right? And I wanted to quit. And I remember my dad saying, well, you committed yourself to this summer, this whole summer and this week. So what are you going to, what do you want to do? You want to quit. I know that, but are you going to really regret that once, since you've already committed yourself? And he's like, it's only a couple more, you know, days. So we either finish out strong or you quit. So once he gave me that huge lesson, I was like, oh, I did commit to it. Okay, I'll do it. So even though it sucked towards the end of the the summer, when I finished my job and I was done with it, I never went back. Um, Even though I stuck with it, it gave me a sense of pride and a sense of dignity that I was able to finish something even though it was hard and difficult. So I think that was one of the life lessons that really helps me make it to my first and second Olympics was that, you know, I committed myself to, you know, the four years and whatever happened in those four years, whether I made it or not, as long as I know that I gave it my all and I didn't quit, um, that I'll at least have that kind of pride, you know, whatever, whatever happens. So this is kind of like the same mentality I am today. Um, even though it's been very, very challenging this year and I may or may not make it next year, at least I'll know that I didn't give up. So, so that, yeah, all that with the bike rally thing, you know, um, I really cherish it because although it's chaotic when the motorcycles are there and you know, the uncool thing, the uncool thing when I was younger is that. So everybody has all these really cool bikes, right? Guess what my dad rode? What? A scooter. (laughs) A 
scooter. So he's the only guy. And my guy, and my dad, he's pretty big, you know, he's pretty big. And so, you know, you have all these like cool guys, with their glasses and bandanas and, you know, spikes or whatever. And they're on these really cool motorcycles. And then they're like, oh, where's your dad? I was like, he's there. You know, he's the guy with the helmet, you know, the glasses <laughs> on the small little scooters. <laughs> so, yeah, no, the Sturgis has been fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening. My name is Ricardo Sina, signing out with Starlight.